Today's episode has been brought to you by Zapendo. Zapendo gives the power to manage contracts, edit them on the fly, send free signatures, manage expirations, alerts, and more. All unlimited. Try it today and get 15% off your first purchase. Just use coupon code VINCE1076. That's capital V, lowercase I-N-C-E, 1076. Hi there, my name is Vince Salerno, and welcome to the Vince Salerno Podcast. If you're looking for a place to get your weekly filmmaker fix, well, you've come to the right place. On this podcast, I discuss the latest in movie news, such as trailers, rumors, and more. I also discuss trends in the film industry and give my own insight as a filmmaker with special guests that are friends and film fans alike. So grab your popcorn and a nice cold drink, sit back and relax, because the Vince Salerno Podcast starts right now. Episode 56. We are in 2022, finally. Uh, of course, as always, I'm your host, Vince Salerno. And uh, today, there's not really much of a plan. Um, I just wanted to talk to you guys about my most anticipated films of 2022, since we're in 2022. I was going to do my 2021 list, but there are a couple movies that I want to get in. And I... This might just be me, but I don't believe in rushing your your top tens or top whatever's like your ranked list of movies for the previous year. Just rush it out before the year ends. I I want to take my time because you have Oscars, you have you have Academy well, Academy Awards, and Oscars, same thing. You have all these different award shows that that come out that you want to maybe watch those movies in time for that. Like I didn't watch Nomadland until. Uh, February, <laughs> and it came out the previous year. So um, if that's okay, guys, I'm going to hold off on my 2021 list. Got a couple movies I want to fit in there before we get started with that, and I will get that out soon whenever I uh, find the time to finish it. So, yeah. Um, but until then, I wanted to share with you guys my top 10 of 2022 my most anticipated films because that's something i definitely have lined up so i'm gonna i'm gonna do the honorable mentions so just going through um let's see i'm looking at my letterbox right now i have if you want to follow me on letterboxd um just look me up i'm probably the only person named vince salerno on there yeah filmmaker catholic strategic toy collector if you want to follow me you can follow me there I apologize if you're off-put by the number of Hallmark movies on my uh, recent activity. Um, I mean, I'm not sorry. They're they're fun in a in a in a different way. But anyways, <laughs> um, I lost my place, my list. There we go. So um, I'm just gonna go through honorable mentions. I have 32 films on my uh, 2022 list. So I will mention 32 through uh, 11 just briefly, and we'll go into the top 10. So I don't even know if this film is actually coming out this year, but for number 32, I have Tron 3 right now on Letterboxd. It just says um, 
the third installment of Disney's Tron franchise, directed by Garth Davis, starring Jared Leto. No release date, um, so we'll see about that. Same with, uh, I'm really intrigued by the Sesame Street movie, but that has no firm release date, it looks like, at least not on Letterboxd, so we'll see if that actually comes out. Um, White Knuckle, the Gina Carano Daily Wire movie, I'm very intrigued by that and what's going to come of that. That has no release date, but I know they're trying to get it released this year, so we'll see if that actually happens. Um... When the Crawdad Sings. I've been intrigued by this book. My, my fiancé says it's a really good book, so I'm going to try to read it before the film comes out. And uh, yeah, it, it piqued my interest. Uh, I'm also looking forward to Moonfall. Looks like a dumb, fun action film, so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, Damien Chazelle's Babylon. I don't know if that's coming out this year or not, but it looks kind of interesting. Not going to lie. Um, next is... Jordan Peele's next horror film titled Nope. And that's literally all we know about it besides the cast. So that'll be interesting. Uh, Creed 3. I'm really scared about this because, I mean, I think Jordan, uh, Michael B. Jordan, excuse me, is a great actor and a great storyteller. But I just don't know if he's going to be able to handle doing a uh doing double duty as an actor and a director so that'll be interesting to see i'm a little nervous about that also rocky's not coming back for this movie so yeah i'm a little concerned but we'll see what happens you know i'm cautiously optimistic um i don't know why this isn't higher but i i have mixed potentially mixed feelings about this but the super mario bros movie with chris evans or chris evans chris pratt as Mario, Anya Taylor-Joy as Peach, and Charlie Day as Luigi. Um, This is going to be interesting, because this is the first time that Nintendo's actually let another studio make another Mario movie. And this looks like it's going to be a very faithful adaptation, potentially, besides the cast. I mean, depending on how you feel about the cast. (laughs) Um, It's just a very interesting situation. And I don't really... I'm not really a fan of Illumination. I don't think they make the best movies. I mean, they've made, obviously, The Minions and and Despicable Me, and some of those have their merit. Some of them don't. They totally dropped the ball on The Grinch, and uh, some of their movies, to me, feel more like clip shows than actual movies, so... I don't know. I'm, I'm a lot of mixed feelings about this, but if Nintendo is... is... Uh, involved, I would like to think that they have a lot of creative say in in what's going on. So hopefully they they know what they're doing as well. Uh, next, not really high on my list, but I'm sure it'll be a good film. Uh, Jurassic World Dominion. This is the highly anticipated next installment, uh, bringing back everybody from the original films. So that'll be fun. Uh, Black Panther: Wakanda Forever. Uh, there's just not much known about this film but i'm excited for the for the movie um and we'll see if it even comes out this year (laughs) james cameron's avatar 2 if it comes out i'll be there the highly anticipated elvis biopic starring austin butler as elvis from once upon a time in hollywood that looks fun uh, I'm a big fan of Elvis, so we'll see if that's going to be interesting. Strange Worlds by Don Hall. It's a Disney movie, anime Disney movie. That'll be 
It'll be fun. I like Don Hall. Uh, great filmmaker. He did Big Hero 6, Ray and the Last Dragon, the Winnie the Pooh movie, the, the one that came out in 2011. I just totally guessed that. Hey, I was right. Nice. Um, okay, let me breeze through this. Shut In, another Daily Wire movie directed by DJ uh, Caruso. Uh, Top Gun Maverick, which I believe is coming out next year, hopefully. It's been like forever. The Flash, uh, very skeptical about The Flash, but I think it's going to be decent. Black Adam, more excited for Black Adam than The Flash for sure. Expendables 4, Morbius next. Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog 2, that first trailer was really, really fun. And I had a lot of fun with the first film, so I'm hoping this is just going to be a just fun continuation of the original movie uh that's really all i expect is to just have fun with these films and number 11 just barely making the cut but didn't uncharted directed by ruben fleischner starring tom holland and uh mark Wahlberg. so i'm very interested in this movie because it's not they're kind of uh not doing a direct adaptation of the origin of uncharted it looks very generic but also looks very fun and i don't know i don't think tom holland is he was not my first choice to play nathan drake i didn't want them to necessarily do a young nathan drake movie but they are and i don't know i i have a feeling if this takes off this could be a really fun high octane emotional franchise i mean i'm a huge fan of these games these are my favorite video games and i haven't played them in a long time so i hope they live up to the hype and i hope they live up to um you know what the fans expect from uncharted because this movie's been in development for a long time and i i just hope that this this takes off the way they want it to okay now we're getting into my top 10 which i will kind of flesh out a little more because i've been kind of breezing through these movies but here we go top 10 most anticipated of 2022 number 10 is death on the nile this is the highly anticipated sequel to Murder on the Orient Express, which was directed by and starred Kenneth Branagh as the famed detective Hercule Poirot. Uh, I loved the first movie. It wasn't perfect, but it was a lot of fun, and it was cool to see all these great actors interacting with each other. You had Johnny Depp, Daisy Ridley, Josh Gad, uh, Judy Dench, Penelope Cruz, Willem Dafoe, just so many fun actors interacting with each other. I just had a lot of fun with that movie. Um, this one looks to be the same. There's kind of a love triangle, potential murder and deceit uh, between uh, Gal Gadot, Army Hammer, and uh, Rose Leslie, I believe is the actress's name. Is that the one? Yeah. No, 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 no. Uh, Emma Mackey. That's that's the one that the, that's the love triangle that's going down in this movie. Now I know people have had like very strong opinions about this film, not because of the movie itself, but because who's in it. I guess uh, Gal Gadot is under some controversy. Army Hammer's under some controversy. Letitia Wright and Russell Brand are all under controversy because. I, I, I don't even know. I'm not even following that, that controversy right now, so I have no idea why people don't like them. I mean, Army Hammer, I understand, because he was accused of, you know, potential cannibalism or actual cannibalism. 
so yeah that's a very interesting thing i think i think disney and, and 20th century are trying to get this thing out there and brush it under the rug but i, I don't know like it it's a good it looks like a good movie and i'm not really interested in the controversy surrounding it um but again i just don't know much about the controversy so that's one thing but all that aside it's a sequel to murder on the orange express and if kenneth Branagh and 20th century continue to make these fun like big ensembles uh of these agatha christie novels i'm all for it so i i'll take like 10 more of these as long as they uh as long as they're successful and they keep wanting to make them so bring it on number nine is downton abbey 2 a new era gotta say guilty pleasure i well not guilty pleasure because it's actually good gotta say i love love downton abbey uh, my twin sister turned me on to it, and I've been hooked for for quite some time. I, I love the show, and I felt like the show ended on a, on a great note. Like, you really could have kept it done at that point, and you could have—I mean, you could have just moved on and, and not worried about it. But Down Abbey, the movie— kind of revived interest and continued stories and in ways that I didn't think I needed to see. And now that the franchise has kind of carried on into um, a cinematic uh, theatrical run, I, I'm excited to see what continues on. And if this is going to be like, will this be the last one or will they try to make like a trilogy and then end it? Um, Cause I think in the last movie spoilers, if you haven't seen Downton Abbey, about to spoil a big plot point um i believe in the last movie judy dench like if she's dying or she's she's saying she's gonna leave the family business and she's passing it on to um to mary and it's a pretty emotional moment uh so i don't know what's going on with that but um in this movie, I don't know what what you know the status is of that because she's in the movie, I believe. Like, Mackie Smith is in the new movie, so I don't know what is going on with that. But I'm sure I'm sure it'll be great. I'm sure it'll be a lot of fun. And just again, seeing these characters and those continuing stories is um, is great. You know, as long as the characters are alive and well, and you can continue it in fun, new, interesting ways keep it going i say uh i hope that you know the eventually these movies bring about a definitive final chapter in the downton abbey saga uh because you know you don't want to overstay your welcome uh number eight uh surprise i did not think i'd be anticipating this movie until uh this october but my number eight is scream five or to me inappropriately titled scream i don't understand these reboots or these like reboot sequels like naming themselves after the first movie like halloween just oh this is halloween it's like no halloween's halloween you're halloween 2019 or halloween 2 redo i don't know i just i don't like that trend i think it's a very lazy trend anyways scream 5 i'm just gonna call it scream 5 uh, is directed by the duo that came out with Ready or Not, which was a surprisingly good like horror comedy 
I I was genuinely shocked at how much I liked that movie. And when uh, Wes Craven, God rest his soul, died, it was kind of left up in the air if there ever would be a fifth screen film to be made. And obviously they're going forward with it. Um, it's kind of taking from it, what it looks like it's taking the approach of The Force Awakens, which is bringing back the original trio of uh, Nev Campbell, Courtney Cox, and David Arquette to help this new generation fight off, fight off a uh, the returning ghost-faced killer. Um, and just my fiancé and I, the reason why I said this is a shock that I'm even looking forward to this is because my fiancé and I, we binged for Halloween, we binged all four original Scream films. I remember seeing the first two back in the day and really enjoying them. And I hadn't seen three and I hadn't seen four. And so I told her, like, I think you'll actually enjoy these because she doesn't really like horror films. And I typically don't either. But it was it was one that I actually could tolerate. So we watched all four. Really liked them. Like, most of them are really good films and hold up. I think there were some issues with three and some issues with four. But, I, like, generally, I thought, like, this is a really fun franchise, and we had learned to like the characters of Dewey and Sydney and Gale, and we, we, we were like, oh, this is perfect because Scream 5 is coming out now, and, and like, we're, we were really excited. We saw the trailer in a, in a movie theater a couple weeks ago, and we're like, yeah, cool. So we're, we're actually looking forward to Scream 5 and um, seeing how they continue the story because... The third one kind of ended it definitively in a way. And the fourth movie kind of was meant to be like a passing the torch, but not really. And it, I don't know, it was kind of like a ugly stepchild of the series. And five is kind of coming in to properly do what the fourth film tried to attempt, it seems like. So I have a lot of... Uh, faith in these directors and i have a lot of anticipation for scream 5 so I'm, i didn't think i'd say that for 2022 but here i am saying it uh my number seven is pixar's turning red directed by domi shi who directed the phenomenal uh short film in front of incredibles 2 bow gosh if you didn't cry during that short film you're not human i'm sorry but you're not human this uh I didn't know what to think of this when I saw the first trailer. It looks like a girl having a panic attack and turning into a giant red panda. I didn't know what to make of it. I thought, it's weird, it's Pixar, and I'm probably going to like it, hopefully. And then the second trailer came out, and I kind of got a feel of what this movie is. And it's kind of a throwback to the 90s. It's um, this uh, uh, Japanese culture um, and... It just it just looks fun. Like I I've revisited the trailer multiple times because it just looks so much fun. And there's apparently like real boy band um, people that are actually going to be in the movie voicing characters. And um, like she's obsessed with boy bands in the film. Uh, she turns into a red panda because she's going through like teenage hormones or whatever and when she gets too excited she turns into a red panda and she has to learn how to control these things and it's kind of about like puberty <laughs> i guess but in a like playful a kid-friendly way i guess so i don't know I, I i really liked what i saw with the trailer the animation uh was 
pretty different for Pixar. I liked what they were doing with it. It felt very stylized, kind of comic booky in a way. Um, I don't know. I, I'm just really excited for this movie. Uh, not as excited as I am for another Pixar movie, but we'll get into that much later on down the list. Uh, number six, Thor: Love and Thunder, the fourth Thor film directed by Taika Waititi, obviously starring Thor, Chris Hemsworth, and a bivy of returning and new characters. So, uh, as far as the returning characters, Natalie Portman is coming back after being absent for one film as Jane Foster, and she will be uh, a new version of Thor, the female Thor, as she is in the comics. Uh, Tessa Thompson's coming back as Valkyrie. Jamie Alexander is coming back as Sif. Taika Waititi is coming back as Korg. Uh, oh, wow. I didn't I didn't know this. I'm looking on uh, Letterboxd. According to Letterboxd, uh, Jeff Goldblum is coming back as well. We obviously have the Guardians of the Galaxy who are going to appear in it, probably briefly, or maybe main players. So Chris Evans... Chris, why do I keep saying Chris Evans or Chris Pratt? Gosh. Uh, Chris Pratt, Dave Bautista... Karen Gillan, Bradley Cooper, Vin Diesel, um, Palm Clematif, and Sean Gunn. No, obviously no Zoe Saldana because we know that that you know Gamora died in Infinity War, and but there is a new there is a uh, variant of Gamora running around. I think unless she was dusted. Somehow they're going to bring Gamora back into the fold. I think either with the Christmas special or Guardians Three. Which is really um, on my list of anticipated things for 2023, but we're we're getting ahead of ourselves. Um, let's see, other returning characters. I guess that's it. Oh, I guess well, technically, Matt Damon and Luke Hemsworth and Sam Neill are are coming back to play like the stage versions of Thor, Loki, and Odin. That was kind of a fun fun little thing. So I'm glad they're continuing something on with that. Uh, for returning cast members, <clears throat> some of these are kind of spoilery, so I'll keep them out of the out of the uh, description here. But uh, you have Christian Bale <clears throat> making his Marvel debut as Gore the God Butcher. Um, you have, let's see, I guess that's it really it. Outside of uh, Russell Crowe, who's going to be playing uh, Zeus, <clears throat> which will be fun because this is like the first time in a while we've seen Russell Crowe and uh, Christian Bale be in a movie together because they were in 310 to Yuma with, uh, uh, oh gosh, James Mangold. I almost said James Gunn. But no, I'm looking forward to this one. I, I, th- I think that, um, <clears throat> oh my gosh, excuse me. My throat is just out of whack. Um, I am looking forward to this one. I'm a little apprehensive because Taika Waititi talks about going all in and just doing all this crazy stuff, and I I don't know. Uh, Ragnarok was a bit of a departure in a good and bad way, I think. I didn't think it was a great Thor movie, but it definitely is the the best one so far, I'd say, out of the three that we've seen. So this could be the best Thor movie, but I don't know. There's a lot going on, so I have... Uh, my apprehension, but I am also very excited for it. So we'll see what happens. Uh, so now we're getting into the top five. We're actually doing pretty good on time, so we might actually end early for once. <laughs> uh, my number five is Mission Impossible 7. 
uh, Christopher McQuarrie returning to direct after directing the last two Mission Impossible films. He's directing seven and eight back to back. And obviously this film is going to start Tom Cruise, Ethan Hunt, Rebecca Ferguson, Simon Pig, uh, Ving Rhames, Vanessa Kirby. And for return for new cast members, very exciting. Um, Haley Atwell seems to be playing a big character uh, just by the name of Grace. And obviously Haley Atwell was in uh, the Avengers films and Captain America films as Peggy Carter. Uh Really like, really like Haley Atwell as an actress, and I don't know, maybe she'll be a love interest for, for Ethan Hunt. Who knows? Um, a lot of mystery surrounding her. Maybe she's the villain. I don't know. Uh, oh, Palm Clementif, I guess, is going to be in this one too. There's not much known about this film, and I like that. I'm, I'm hoping to keep it that way. But I believe there are, uh, they're kind of trying to tie it back to the original first movie and possibly make this these two-part films like the final chapter of the franchise which i think would be a good call if you if you make this like this part one and part two of an of a mission impossible finale or maybe just an ethan hunt finale and send him off into the sunset living or dying like that'd be fun so uh, i'm excited for this i've always loved these movies i've always been a fan of spy films and i think yeah fallout was is my all-time favorite Mission Impossible film. It used to be Ghost Protocol. Fallout just took the cake. That was an incredibly epic, awesome, surreal movie experience. And I, I it, it just it's just so so great when you can get movies that genuinely shock and surprise you. There's aren't many surprises in films anymore. Fallout was a genuine surprise, and it felt consistent with itself and the previous movies. Just oh. I should. I need to do a, like a review of that movie. I, I could go all day about Fallout. <laughs> all right, number four on my list: Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. This is obviously the sequel to uh, Into the Spider-Verse. Returning uh, characters, obviously Miles Morales, and oh gosh, my internet's cutting out, so I can't access the cast. Um, I mean, I believe it was Shamika Moore who uh, voiced Miles Morales in the previous film. Haley Atwell, Oscar Isaac, um, Jake Johnson. I, th- I believe everybody from the first movie is coming back to this movie. Um, and they're going to be meeting other spider people. They're going across the Spider-Verse. There is a interdimensional, in- multi-universe, multiverse threat within the Spider-Verse that they have to face. Not much is known, but we saw a trailer that revealed this. This is not just a sequel, but it's a two-parter. So this is actually part one, which intrigues me because this, like, this is kind of the first animated series that really treats itself like a big, like, epic blockbuster like the Marvel movies, you know? Like, I don't think we've ever had an animated saga where there's like, oh, part one, part two. So it's really exciting to know that, oh, this is a big story and the animation was just gorgeous and unique and different and i just i loved the first movie and the animation style where it was kind of trying to combine different styles like uh manga and like noir and cartoon silly stuff with this um kind of panelized 
digital pixelated well not so pixelated but just like there were these like little like comic book specs all over the place the animation was just so unique i i it hurts my brain to think about how they did that <laughs> and i'm sure this movie's going to like give me a migraine or something in the theater because i'm just going to be thinking about how did they do this so yeah it just kind of goes without saying this is going to be an awesome film and uh let's get into the top three Number three on my list, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. I've talked about it before. Uh, Doctor Strange is one of my favorite Marvel characters ever since debuting in the first movie, and I think he's got a great story, a very tragic, very self-sacrificing story, which made him a great uh, character to to be in Spider-Man No Way Home, given how that movie turned out. I won't spoil anything about Spider-Man No Way Home. I'm actually going to do a spoiler review with uh, Shelby Turner in a couple days, so uh, be on the lookout for that. But just with everything that this movie has going on, not just with the multiverse stuff, but the the, the first trailer kind of implied that Stephen Strange is going to be kind of going through the ringer again. Uh, you know, he's got his relationship with Christine Palmer, who uh, might be getting married to him or getting married to somebody else. And I know there's rumors that she's going to, there are multiple versions of Christine, uh, variants of Christine that are going to appear in this movie. One of them is going to be a version where she is a sorcerer. So maybe he falls in love with a, another version of, of Christine. I don't know, just that relationship gets me intrigued for this film. But not just that, you have all the multiverse stuff and returning characters. Um, I mean, if they, if they just made a straight sequel to Doctor Strange without the multiverse stuff happening i'd be i'd be amped for this movie if it was just like maybe marketed as like scarlet witch versus dr strange you'd already have my money but um obviously marvel's on this multiverse itch and there's rumors of just like what happened in spider-man 3 times a billion with all these different cameos and uh legendary marvel appearances uh it, it just is really intriguing and it, it looks looks dark and it looks like it's going to be a, a fairly scary film so there's a lot to look forward to with that i i hope marvel really does do something different and surprising with this movie i mean you have sam raimi in the director's chair like you have to let him just kind of go nuts with it that that might be the most intriguing thing about this is it's Sam Raimi directing a Marvel movie, and I hope that he gets the chance to do his thing without too much like studio interference. Uh, I just, I, I really hope that that's the case. I know that they probably had this movie kind of mostly mapped out before he came in, but gosh, that, that, that that's the most intriguing thing to me is Sam Raimi directing the film. And I just can't, I, I'm just excited to see Sam Raimi back in the director's chair doing a big epic Marvel movie. So, yeah, let's, uh, let's move on now, because that's all I have to say. Okay, number two. This might surprise some people, but The Batman. Matt Reeves, The Batman. Now, I've been a big proponent of the DC Cinematic Universe, the DC Extended Universe, whatever it's called. And, um... Like, at this point, either they're going to do Ben Affleck and Henry Cavill or they're not. And it's going to suck if they don't do it because those actors are just itching to get back in. I mean, maybe not Ben Affleck, but at least Henry Cavill is, like, 
I want to play Superman. And Warner Brothers is just like, nah, nah, no, people don't really want that. Anyways, Warner Brothers, whatever. But, but look, they're making this movie and it is what it is. And the fact that it's separate from all this, this like DC universe stuff is refreshing. It looks like a gritty, like, like street level action superhero film and i think i think that's what we would have gotten with ben affleck's batman but this looks like a really interesting take on the character and i like that it's kind of a grungy like 90s david fincher detective movie and I don't think it's going to be like super. I don't even think it's going to be an R-rated. Fi- I think it's PG thirteen, because it's Batman. You can't. I don't know. You're 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 uh, neglecting a whole audience if you make it an R-rated Batman movie. But I don't even think kids are going to go see this because, like, it's it looks pretty dark for kids. So I I wouldn't recommend taking your kids to see this movie. But for those who are fans of the character who are into this uh, David Fincher detective style movie, like for me, I'm, I'm all in. Like I've seen three trailers now, I think. I didn't need a, I didn't need a third trailer. I was already hooked. So um, I'm kind of going dark until the movie comes out now because I am just I'm ready. And I think it's going to be one of the best movies of the year. Maybe one of the best Batman films of all time or it's going to suck (laughs) there's a little apprehension on with everything but you know i think that's the the beauty of like reinterpretation is that like you don't have to love the new thing that comes out because for me like i got what i wanted in batman ben affleck although he hasn't been in great movies per se he is to me the definitive batman so they can do whatever they want with the character i'm i'm kind of just like coasting along the edge and just seeing what they give us. I don't need this to be the best Batman movie ever. I want it to be good. I want it to be great, but I got what I wanted in Ben Affleck and I'm content with that. If we ever get to see him again in the role, I would be, I would love that, but I'm not coming in with this saying like, Oh, this has to be the best one ever. And maybe I'll change my mind. I don't know. So we'll see what happens, but you know, I'm just, I'm just looking forward to going in this movie and having a good time with it and just watching a very intense, dark detective Batman story, which brings us to my number one, most anticipated film of 2022. You probably saw it coming because it's pretty obvious. My number one most anticipated film of the year is Lightyear. Lightyear, directed by Angus McLean from Pixar, starring Chris Evans as Buzz Lightyear. Yes, now I can say Chris Evans. <laughs> um, I mean, obviously, it's a Toy Story spinoff, so obviously it would be my most anticipated, but like, it's not even just that. It looks awesome, and I love the approach that the director is bringing to this he says it's a love letter to 70s filmmaking and specifically like 70s sci-fi filmmaking so i think about like i and i saw this in the film like a lot of like kind of eerie 
like um like 2001 a space odyssey type visuals to this and wanting to give audiences a movie that like hasn't really been seen in a long time like the, the specific type of space action movie so i don't think we're gonna get like a like by the numbers buzz origin or even like a star wars ripoff like some people have said like oh this might be like star wars because even the robot designs like they look like wally but i get like a more 70s vibe to it or even like the robots from interstellar i don't get this like oh look it's a droid or like look it's c3po walking around um so i don't know i just i'm really excited about that we don't know much about the plot we know that involves possibly time travel and space obviously space but like you know there's a lot of like little things you can pick up from the toy buzz Lightyear. like when he has his little speech about like i'm stationed up in the gamma quadrant of sector four as a member of the elite universal protection unit of the space ranger corps and that he protects the galaxy from zerg and uh all that stuff yes i memorized it because i'm a, i'm a fan <laughs> no shock there <clears throat> but uh like you can you can pick out little nuggets from what this movie could be about because obviously there this movie is meant to be like the the movie that andy saw that made him want to get a buzz like your toy so with all that in mind, they're trying to make the best movie ever. And they're, in a way, they're trying to make it for the inner Andy and all of us, I suppose. Not to get super sentimental, but as a Toy Story fan, I, I thought we were done with the movies. I had hoped that Toy Story 5 was going to be a thing. And it, it, it still could be a thing, but I'm not holding out hope for that. And the fact that Pixar is taking this new direction to hopefully keep the Toy Story franchise going in a new, fresh way is exciting so as long as these movies don't um become like just like all right we got to crank out another light year from every two years uh this could be a fun new direction for pixar making a buzz lightyear spinoff movie and heck i've heard people pitch like make a woody's roundup movie that'd be awesome like make an authentic like western comedy action movie with like a like actual the like Woody the person uh you can even call it Woody's Roundup maybe be a little more playful I guess but I don't know like that that's a fun idea that would be really fun to do so just all the mystery and intrigue involving Lightyear and just me being a fan of Toy Story in general I'm I'm, I'm really looking forward to this it's going to be really exciting and I don't even think I'm going to see the next trailer when it comes out. I think I'm going to try to go in fresh. Or, like, if I... Like, I'm probably going to see it in theaters. So, like, if I go see Turning Red in theater and the Buzz Lightyear trailer shows up, I'll probably watch that. But, like, when the next theatrical trailer comes out, I'm trying... I'm going to... I'm not going to watch it. I'm going to try to stay fresh for this movie. I'll see images and all that stuff, but I'm, I'm really going to try hard not to, like engulf myself in every frame and every image and every clip and every audio bite of this movie because i really want it to just be a like pure surprise you know like that'd be really fun to me and i don't do that very often i tried at the tail end of the spider-man no way home marketing and i could have avoided an, uh, another trailer or two 
But even then, the movie was pretty well preserved from, you know, spoilers and secrets. But I, I do want to try to get in the habit of doing that more with movies that I'm really excited for because, you know, why not? You're going to see it eventually. Why, why engulf yourself with all the marketing and all the things that are coming out about it? And sure, like, that's the part of selling a movie. But for me personally and wanting to get more enjoyment out of Lightyear, I think that's the path I'm going to go down. So there you have it, folks. Just to run down the list one last time, very briefly, the top 10, my top 10 most anticipated of 2022, Death on the Nile, Downton Abbey, A New Era, Scream 5, Turning Red, Thor Love and Thunder, Mission Impossible 7, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse Part 1, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, The Batman, and Lightyear. That's all I got for you guys. Wow, we managed to go under an hour. That's really surprising. It's a that's a new precedent for the new year. I can't say the same for uh, my spoiler review for No Way Home with Shelby Turner. We're probably going to need at least an hour, hour and a half to go through that. Maybe we'll do a two-parter episode. That'll be fun. Um, but yeah, look out for that. What are your guys' uh, top 10 of, of this coming year? Like, What are you looking forward to? Let me know in the comments. You can message me. You can... Uh, comment below wherever you find this podcast episode and yeah let's get a discussion going i'd like to hear what you guys are looking forward to and maybe what you're not looking forward to um if you guys want to follow me my social media is kind of in a bit of a pickle so um i'm still on twitter at the big 75 and occasionally i'll post some stuff on instagram for my films and and podcast uh on my alternate account which is convince underscore salerno so if you want to follow me there, can follow me there. And obviously you can listen to this podcast on Anchor, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. I will see you guys next time. Hope you have a great new year. Um, if you're setting goals for yourself, I hope you're able to do everything you want more. Great thing about New Year's is it's a time to restart and to just get into a new habit of things. That's what I'm hoping to do. And I hope you guys do the same. So I wish you all the luck on your New Year's goals and resolutions. And hope you have a great 2022. We'll see you guys next time. Happy New Year. God bless. And peace out.